This is a Bulldog Radio podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the first edition of the 2021 to 2022 Sports Squad podcast. I am Brody Kaiser, the sports, the new sports editor this year. I am Austin Arquette. And Brandon Worth. And we are back bringing you some more content for the sports podcast. We're pretty excited to be here, aren't we, guys? Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, especially having a whole year hiatus where we didn't get to do a lot and talk about sports, where everything was just kind of put on pause. So it's nice to be back and be able to talk about sports. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, especially last night, getting back on the, the gridiron for what seemed to be an eternity since we saw them last play. And it was a really good atmosphere last night. And I know everybody had a lot of fun. And just now that we have full schedules to look forward to as far as games for all sports, super fun. It mm-hmm. makes campus just so much better. Yeah, I mean, last year we had a little bit of live sports in the second semester, but it wasn't the same without fans. Right. And it just felt like it was completely different. And Last night at the football game, it definitely did feel like it was a little bit more normal than than last year. Anyways, yeah, I Absolutely. just I I'm trying my hardest not to hold on to that hope that it's gonna stay. Yeah, just for the whole fact of we were in this position two years ago, and how drastically quick it changed. Mm-hmm. And this is only the beginning. I mean, we had one night of three home events. It's the day after. We haven't heard anything yet. So all we can do really is cross our fingers that everything was per- perfect and we're good to move on. Yeah, until, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Like until one thing goes wrong and then we're going to go back in the wrong issue. And I just, I'm just i hoping that's not what the case. Yeah. I think How, we're all hoping that's not the case. Yeah. How was volleyball, Austin? Volleyball was, pretty- was really good. I mean, I would have to say the drastic amount of people that came back and the people that left, you really don't see a difference. Because there's three or four freshmen that are stepping up into those huge senior roles. Like, I can't remember her name off of the top of my head, but one of the freshmen last night had 34 assists. Nice. Mm-hmm. 34 assists. 34. That's insane. And I think the team as a total had like 38. Nice. So, and then it was led by the senior. I said the senior trifecta and O'Do- O'Connell. Um, Gorgia Thank you. Gorgia Can't butcher Pretty that. sure that's how you say it. I'm name. pretty yes. sure it is. And then um, Herman. Herman, yep. yep. So that's going to be a really good uh, – I've talked to all three of them before um, and numerous times. That's going to be a really good trio to bring in the next group mm-hmm. once they leave. And they're all back on their extra senior season from COVID that gave up to them. So. Right. Yeah, I don't know about um, – I wasn't at the volleyball game, so I don't know about – the fan situation there, but football was crazy. Like for a Thursday night game against a team, not in the GLIAC, the amount of people that were at the tailgate and in the stands was unreal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I guarantee there would have been a lot more um, just because there was also a big Rapids JV game. Yeah. And a lot of them the entire night were, I want to go to the Ferris game. Can we get done? I want to go to the Ferris (laughs) game. Can we get done? Mm -hmm. Like I could just hear that in the stands. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, it's just part of the culture. And the fact now that they're in a separate environment, they're not playing at Top Tagger. Um, they're not playing at Top Tagger anymore with their new stadium. I think it's a, definitely a change. But no, I th- I agree. Like when I was up in the box and I was just like going through, and then you look out in the window, and you're like, whoa, there is a lot of people here because mm-hmm. you can't see all the people that are underneath you. And it's just, yeah. it was just crazy to see all the fans, especially the students in the end zone, probably experiencing some of them, their their first Ferris State football game. And of course, what a treat to um, just get to watch an absolute blowout, I yeah. guess, um, in your first game. But um, I did look up to clarify, Kaylee Mott yeah. was the one that had 34 assists for volleyball, which is a insane. very, very large she's number. A, she's still a freshman, right? But she was here last year, I believe. I believe so. Because I'm pretty sure. But she was, she's still classified as a freshman. Yeah, yeah she right. was on the roster last okay. year. Okay. But yeah, to have an opening night with a 3-0 shutout for volleyball, that speaks volumes. Yeah, and they're, they're 2-0, right? Yeah. To start the season already? Yeah. And the other thing, they held Tiffin to, let me let me get this correct, a negative point zero two 
nine attack figure, mm-hmm. a nice. negative attack figure in yeah, volleyball crazy. for a and defense. Tiff- is and Tiffin's a pretty solid volleyball school. Yeah. Like, it's not mm-hmm. like they're a rollover. No, and to have three seniors and two freshmen starting, mm-hmm. that's insanity. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're very good. Tia's done a, an incredible job, obviously, for the past 20 some years, however long she's been here, building that program and keeping it consistently dominant, not, not falling off at all. But so we kind of touched on volleyball and football. Austin, I know your first article for the Torch this edition or this season um, was sort of like a preview of what's to come for sports this year. So if we want to touch on tennis, cross, and soccer as the other sports. Um, fall sports real quick yeah so uh soccer um is just gonna be another big sport that i think is gonna really raise some um heads just because you know you got your seniors back you got grace for hash back you have um what's the other senior oh, i can't remember her name this is this is sad. I'm choking on the first episode. <laughs> we got a lot of we have a lot of names There's to remember just, yeah, that too. So. Especially with having three three you could argue that you could have three separate teams for every sport at this point. Pretty much, yeah. With all of them. Well, I know that you know, obviously soccer had a really, really good season last year, especially defensively. That you know, I think they um didn't yeah, I don't lose in the they, regular season no. and they they just lost in the Gleak tournament, yep, I believe. They lost the one um but, yeah, I mean, defensively, obviously, they were incredible last year. A loss last night in their first game, uh, one to nothing, I believe. So, you know, it's not really the way you want to come off a season where you didn't lose a game until the Gleak tournament with a loss on the opening day. They're but young. They're, still, they're still projecting to be a really solid team all year, and we have high hopes for soccer as well. Yeah, they're young. Looking at it right now, I, I'm counting three seniors, and that's it. Yep. Four seniors. I believe so. That sounds about right. Four seniors. Is, is, uh, is Taryn Micey, is she a senior? Or Taryn junior? actually transferred. Yes, oh, that's she's right. She's gone. That's so right. that kind of, I see, in a way, kind of hurt the defense. And that's, that's right. why it's going to be a little bit tougher for them this year. But they all have strong, strong legs. And mm-hmm. I think their their offense will overhandle that defense this year. Yeah, who is, um, do we know who started? Who started in that in that game last night? I never got a chance to check, but I know because obviously we're gonna have somebody new was gonna have to step in. I know there was a lot of freshmen that were looking at first team reps, so um, just seeing where where that would go. Obviously, we can look that, but yeah, I, I mean, I would agree. Last year, I feel like for soccer was um, not necessarily the outcome that was desired. I mean, obviously, like a first uh, a bounce out of the GLIAC tournament to Grand Valley, of course, is. Nothing short of a punch to the stomach. So, mm-hmm. but I mean, just the fact of how dominant we were, and I mean, I I know um, me and Joe talked about this. I'm on our other show, the MBSP, where we had to reschedule their game twice in the middle of the season. So we never got to end up playing them until the GLIAC tournament. So the fact of would it have been different in the regular season? I mean, that's certainly a possibility, especially that I, Grand Valley was in a spot where they started off a little slower and then got more hot, where we were kind of, I wouldn't say necessarily fully did the opposite, but definitely had a, a situation where it probably could have impacted if we would have got that first game in against them because we, we started off red hot, in, especially early on in the season in a non-conference contest. But, I mean... It's only the first game. There's still yep, kinks exactly. to make out, yep. and this team's obviously different than it was last year because obviously it's a little bit younger than it was last year, and there's been some pieces that moved on. I mean, we obviously just mentioned Taryn. I mean, goalkeeping is a very important position, and when you have somebody that especially is a veteran leader back there that ends up leaving, you're gonna have to have that person to step up. And I mean, I mean, they didn't do a terrible job last night. I mean, one yeah, one, one no, that's that's a classic soccer score, but really, it's just it's just simply one one play. That's really all it takes. In, in that sport and it really just it, the momentum can change at any point yeah, yeah. And to your point sorry Austin no, but good. to your point Brandon uh, about this team being a little bit different obviously last year we mentioned the defense was incredible and only giving up one goal you know that's still pretty solid but mm-hmm. offensively last night they had 30 shots yes eight of those were on goal so it looks like at least they're attacking you know they just got to hone in on some things and we know Henson great coach he, he'll figure stuff out um, but the starting goalie was Daria Mosali. Freshman from yep. New Mexico. I'm so sorry if I butchered that last name. Okay. Um, but she had uh, she had one save and the other shot on goal was in. So they only gave up two shots on goal. Yeah. So defense is still there, obviously. Uh, offense with 30 shots. Just definition of one, you know, one play. 
Yeah. That's that's the difference. So um maybe maybe quality over quantity was the, the lesson. Yeah, of this that could game. have been the yeah. issue there. But yeah, so, anyways, high hopes again for soccer. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Uh for sure. Tennis. What's going on with tennis? So that's a, a sticky situation because that's the one that nobody got back to me yeah. with. Yeah. Um but I still I think they returned everybody. I didn't see any changes when I was looking at the roster. Um, so I, I expect the same thing, even not better than what we did last year. Cause we all know Doran is a great tennis coach. Mm-hmm. The guy Fantastic. knows what he's doing in and out of the game. And just the fact of going to one of their practices last year, they don't just primarily focus on tennis drills. They do other drills to get them in tune, but it makes it work better for their tennis game. Mm-hmm. Like, especially when you have athletes that are from overseas and other things and it's easier to understand i mean i think doran's a great coach to make that transition for those kids yeah for real i mean obviously two successful seasons for both men's and women's last year in in tennis so returning all those pieces you know we kind of have the same expectations for them again as well um and then the other fall sport we got to touch on is cross country of course brandon sort of your Forte. Area of expertise. My, my department, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, team's been looking very good. I mean, um, I know on, on both men's and women's sides lost some seniors, but we've had a lot of freshmen that have been eager to get after it and have stepped up already so far in um, fall camp and looking over towards the season right now. And there's a lot of guys in good positions, so... Um, I mean, a lot of them did great at our, pretty much our first um, our first time trial, getting getting back into the racing swing of things. But I mean, we're gonna we're excited for Bulldog, and um, we got a, we got a lot of great pieces, a lot of people sticking. Are there's a couple that have stuck around that want to go one more one more year round to really put the pedal down and see what we can do. But there, I mean, there's a there's a lot of excitement. I think that you're gonna see a lot of a lot of new faces. Um, near the top of the board because this class definitely seems pretty strong. Com- I mean, not necessarily compared to years past, but just with the light of how many there is coming in. I believe there's like ten girls, uh, freshmen that are are on this team, and I believe I think there's five or six boys. But they've already been attacking, attacking, and w- it, they've really seemed to have taken that already. That I wouldn't necessarily say like a um, a mature step, but they've already made that. We're looking past like a freshman season. They're they're already looking at hey, what can what can we do to improve this team now? When generically you see the freshman as yeah, we're gonna get the year, we're gonna figure out school, we're gonna figure this out, mm-hmm. kind of go through. But a lot of them are like, no, we're we're looking to we're looking to get to work right now, and that's that's a good sign. So we're, and I think like excited. that's a big positive that COVID. I think we always try to look at the negatives from like COVID and sports, but I think a big positive is it just it ramped up so many athletes' motivation. That's not even funny. You, know, you can't just that. That's a thing that doesn't happen overnight. That's a thing that my season was taken away from me, and I want it back. And I'm gonna show that I could have done this last year, but it was taken from me. And now I want to show I can not only do that, but I can do this or X Y Z and just be better than and be the best physically that I could possibly be. And I think that a lot of time that goes unnoticed. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. And and to Brandon's point about freshmen coming in, preparing, um, performing right away. Austin, who was it that you talked to from cross country that said that this has the potential to be uh, the fastest team they've seen? I can't remember who it was. Who either, you quoted? It was either Donis. Or I think it was Donis. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty it was sure Donis because it, it was on the men's side. I know that. Yeah, it was um, Donis then. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, obviously, when you got an upperclassman saying that this team has the potential to be the fastest he's seen. That's that's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's a where we're at. I mean, just going as a st- straight on from perspective of where, I mean, where personally I was and some of the class guys around me as far as that have stayed with the program for all three or for in their three year, third year now, where we're at right now training-wise is steps ahead of where we were at this point two years ago. Mm-hmm. And, that, and we haven't seen in like we have not seen much drop off whatsoever i mean there have there have been some times where obviously like getting back into the routine is definitely tough and there's times when the summer grind gets gets really tough especially when you got guys working and taking summer classes and doing whatever but just the fact of how this this first week has went a lot of these guys have done a really good job of hey we don't have to necessarily win the race in the first week of the season you know like not necessarily yeah there it's my time to shine let's go let's go take care of business and let's go win um win all these workouts win all these runs and show but they've been really very good about we're gonna keep our composure we're gonna do a great job of keeping our bodies right 
doing the work how it's supposed to be, not overdoing it. And I think that's going to pay off over in the season um, just because I think some there's some there's a lot of times I know I was kind of there my freshman year where I was like, yeah, I'm kind of the little dog on the team. I want to prove myself a little bit where there were mm-hmm. some times you can go a little over the top. And these guys have done a great job of not getting over over that that state. So I think they're going to they're going to be in good shape. And I think Donis has a lot of truth to that because there's a lot of potential with this class because we had a great team last year. But this team can this team can really has a pretty high ceiling. Yeah, so it looks like fall sports are coming along well. We've seen multiple teams already in action. Um, what we saw was pretty good. We are excited to continue watching fall sports. Obviously, we've got things to talk about now with live sports going on, which is very nice. Yes. Um, but a couple more things that happened at Ferris. First of all, hockey transferred to a, I guess not transferred, but switched over to a new conference. And Brandon, you wrote about that. So if you want to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, Western Collegiate Hockey Association, goodbye, I guess. Really short run, I guess, if you can imagine. Like, it's only, they only lasted, I, I can't even remember the number off the top of my head. But, I mean, just the fact that the, the CCHA is back, I think everybody's just kind of like, has that feeling i know coach daniels was like it's like a welcome welcome home moment kind of uh kind of a deal where mm-hmm. it's kind of back to the back to the old days where um it really all began so that's always fun i think the i what i what i really um really thought was going to be huge with this is they honestly didn't talk that much about travel and that's the thing that i thought of first when we heard about this this restructuring of the conference and the, the immediate thing that i saw was there's no huntsville or alaska teams that's a big bonus, so we don't have to take a trip to games three days beforehand. Yeah, all the way out to Alaska. Which is such a such a hard thing to do, and I can't believe how how long that they did that. But I mean, that's that's the biggest thing that I come. They really didn't necessarily talk that much about it, but I mean, I think that everybody's just kind of excited. Of hey, it's a new conference. We get to play some new teams like St. Thomas, and I know we got a a non conference with Kinesis later on, and that we've got some familiar faces there. But it's gonna be. They're really excited for kind of a kind of with these changes going on i mean the locker room being renovated on um, the, the the satellite weight room being updated and um all these things along with the conference it's kind of like we kind of hit our low point but we get a fresh start let's go with a clean slate and let's go from there and i think that's what's rejuvenated a lot of these guys because i mean last year was a it was it was a tough go around. I they they weren't they weren't shy to admit that it it was tough. I mean, going through a whole season, the grind and only winning one game that, that's really hard mentally. But they've done nothing but kept their heads held high. I know that's something we talked about, Brody. That these these guys are super optimistic, super optimistic. year round, and that's super good to see. And but um, I I think it's been good. I think that the biggest thing out of that um the conversation with Coach Daniels and some of the guys is the training has been much better without covid last year being able to shut down the weight room but now getting into the summer getting conditioning in early now getting into practice where hey now we're actually ready to practice not necessarily condition and then kind of practice you know you have the you already have that base build up so now it's just critiquing stuff rather than trying to do both at the same time which can get pretty overwhelming in experience yeah and you know when i heard the news that they were uh, changing conferences they were already looking for a reason to put last season behind them and kind of start over, get this new beginning, and hopefully improve upon what was, to be completely honest, a dreadful season last oh, year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and without COVID, you know, that was kind of the way that they I thought that they were going to approach it. Like, no COVID this year, so we can start over, have a better season. But now they're changing some things around the ice arena, changing conferences, and all around it just feels like this team is given a fresh start and that's what they need well and it, does, it helps too that you have new faces too like mm-hmm. not to say that we lost seniors in this but obviously that always happens but you have new transfers like we have brad merrick out of michigan state mm-hmm. but then you can also say we kind of made a trade with michigan state because michael peterson went there not sure how that is to be continued but that's a very odd trade i would like to know the details of that trade. <laughs> yeah basketball for hockey did we also get cash in consideration in return gonna, i don't know man like i'm not was not in that deal i was told it was on the dl <laughs> gotta we gotta get that cap rolling now we gotta get oh, that yeah. built in building built i don't know what it's gotta take but but it's just it's a it's another remarkable thing to have a you're gonna have the hockey arena back which is a huge fan base issue when that was missing last year yeah you're going to have football fans, volleyball fans. I mean, like well, you said. fans just changed the game. I it, mean, it's, a, yeah, it's 110%, 110% different. Talking to athletes last night, like I know I talked to Katie last night um, about having the fan atmosphere back versus not having it the whole year. And she said, 
it was like the best thing ever to her. Like playing without fans, she said she would rather have not played. That's honestly how she felt. And I was like, that's I, I agree feel, with you. It like, feels like that sometimes. It's 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 liter- it's a glorified scrimmage that does not f- it like it feels like you know, there's a it's the dog days of summer or the dog days in winter where you're you have that you have those breaks and your your coach is always like, Yeah, let's, we're gonna go do a scrimmage and in reality you're like, my head's not in it right now. Yeah. Like we're on break, like I Mentally I got, it would definitely be tough. Yeah. Sure. So I, I can I can totally relate to where they're coming from as far as doing a lot of that stuff growing up where there's just like, Man, I I would rather be on a beach right now. Like I, I know we, we gotta practice and we gotta we gotta get ready, but it's like, man, we're already playing games, like not ready for for this but i mean i th- i think that's that's a huge component i mean especially we saw with football last night what fans can do mm-hmm. i mean just being up in the box and then you have a paused moment there's there's a flag and it's on finley and then the next second like the whole the whole building shaking because of all the fan roar it's like wow this just feels amazing and we haven't had these feelings in a long time so it's definitely i think just been a an amazing moment for the athletes to be like all right now we're starting to get some stuff back to normal yep Yep, for sure. All right, so one more quick thing with Ferris I want to touch on before we get into talking about uh, the NFL and some fantasy football. Um, golf hired a new coach, Sam Stark, former Bulldog. Uh, golf for Ferris from 2010 to 15, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. I might have to get that fact checked. But um, pretty good golfer when he was here. Uh, spent some time coaching at a couple other colleges. And one thing that stood out to me when I was writing that article was that all of his teams have always been extremely academically successful. Even mm-hmm. dating back to when he was a player at Ferris, very good in school, made the dean's list. Um, he had some award for being uh, the, the president's scholar athlete, I believe it was called. Um, and then when he coached at his other two universities, uh, his women's team one year was top 10 in the nation in GPA. Um, and then when I talked to him, he said that that's a super important thing for him as well as balancing academic success with athletic success. And I think that's something that might be overlooked from people looking in on the outside. Um, that, oh, definitely. I think that th- athletes are students as well. Yeah, I think that's always overlooked because, I mean, they're not only they're not going to college just for athletics. I mean, if you're a smart athlete, you're going to college, obviously, for athletics. And then you have a backup plan in case there goes my ACL, there goes XYZ, any bone that could get broken, and there goes all of my chances of continuing sports. Or you're just here for the ride to play sports for a few years, and you know you're not going to go any farther than college, and you're going for your degree, Mm -hmm. and that's what you focus on primarily, and athletics is just icing on top of the cake. So I think it's always overlooked, especially for teams as a whole not just one player but teams as a whole to be academically successful yeah i think the 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 biggest thing that jumps out to me with all academic teams and um all these academic awards is discipline because i think that's really what the number one thing that it takes with student athletes because i mean there's times like i'll admit it straight up where you have a hard workout or you have a really tough practice one day and you got a you got a paper to write or you got you got some assignments to do online or whatever or, or you know and when you get back it's like I'm I'm like dead tired. I don't I don't want to do yeah, this. Yeah, you definitely like, don't feel like doing homework. Yeah, it's yeah, like sure, I don't you know? want to do this. Like that's kind of and you feel like it's like yeah, I want to I want to make sure that my sports are great and sometimes the academics takes a back seat. But when you see those those these teams showing the discipline, not only does that show that they care about their academics, but to me that shows that they are in the position of they are making the decision to firmly um, not only like embrace the college experience to get like just what you're saying, Austin, get the both aspects because they're both important, right? Because I mean, obviously, if you want to go pro, you need to, you still need to have a backup plan in case injuries happen, or maybe you you run out of love for the sport later on, and then what are you going to do, right? Mm-hmm. So, but the the thing that really I think jumps out to me with that discipline part is being able to not only do things right but do them right to the T of where they're supposed to be done. Like you're doing warm-ups, you're going all the way to the line, you're not stopping five yards short using a football analogy. And I think that's kind of what comes to my mind when it, when you hear like the all academic teams is discipline, discipline, doing things right how they're supposed to be done. And then that's going to, if you get that program built up, that's going to be what can be your ticket to success because that's, you. Every, every successful team has discipline within their teams. A lot of them, you can hear the, the expression, they're, they're player-led, not coach-led. And that's that really that really speaks volumes when you have those type of discipline teams. 
And I think mm-hmm. it goes to show too a lot of the coaches like just with the aspect that they're known they they know that the athletics is second to student work and well I guess I wouldn't always say second but pretty close but like all the coaches know that hey you're here for a degree you're paying for a degree get your crap done like get it done and they're really helpful like a lot of the professors I think a lot of people don't realize all you have to do is say something and they're pretty negotiable. I mean, that's that's just how it is. I mean, I think any normal human being in the world, as long as you are open and have that communication factor, it's not that difficult. Yeah, no, for sure. And and Stark said the same thing when he was talking to me, basically just said that academics come first. Um and I, I think that's something that might be rare for that's a That's why you're called a, a student athlete. You're yeah. student first, athlete second. Yeah. yeah, I think that's something that might be kind of rare for coaches to say. I don't know, really. I haven't talked to too many coaches about how they balance their athletics with academics. But for Stark, for sure, academics are extremely important. And he's not just saying that. like He's, pro- he's proven it in the past, for right, sure. Right, absolutely. So, so yeah, that kind of uh, highlights a little bit of some bulldog things that are going on now. Um, if we want to talk about maybe a little Lions preview, I know Austin wrote a Lions piece that went on the online, um, did not make the print edition this past week, but it was online. Bummer. <laughs> so Austin, if you want to kick us off talking about what your hopes are for the Lions, or maybe since there's not much hope, hopes, you can just talk about um, the outlook. I think the best case scenario is that they win maybe four games. What? I don't know. Best? Um, best four games? Either way, they're going to have a losing record. I let's, could, let's, I could just just look at me. Hey, they're gonna hey, have a losing record. Hey, hey, I didn't. I didn't say they wouldn't. I just, said you said four is the max. I was like, wait a minute. I mean, I if didn't we say could max. Get I said best. I mean, is that technically that's the same, the same thing? thing? I mean, close enough. But yeah. Okay. okay I, I'll, I was just I'll going to say six. I'll, I'll give it five or six. Okay. That's, 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 that make you feel a little bit better. That makes me feel better. okay. Thank you. But I only say that. I only say four to five, six, anywhere in that little ballpark, because. They have a tough schedule. No, I, I was just I, gonna say I agree. They have a tough schedule. They're, they're like top seventh, five toughest. Yeah, is it seventh? Tied for seventh, I think. They definitely have a very, very like I was looking at their schedule right as it released a couple months ago. I think it was me and my one of my roommates, and we're like, dude, where, where do they have a game that they will be favored in? Yeah, like if they they're don't. gonna be winning games, they're gonna be beating teams that they should not on paper be beating. Yeah, exactly. They don't really have a game where they're playing someone like. The Jets, or and none of a them team are going to be you would expect them to beat. You know, it's yeah. they're playing Arizona. Uh, I think they have a game with Atlanta, and then obviously, you know, they have the the conference games. And are they playing the the um, the AFC East this year? I think they play a couple. Yeah, I, th- I think they might be playing the East this year. But Anyways, whatever. The, it's not like there's a division in the no. AFC that's easy. Anyways, so and if we were talking about the Lions from last year, I would say they would probably have a little bit more contention with the top. Seventh toughest schedule, but this is this, this is a yeah, whole is, whole new team. Well, like, the problem game, is defense was an issue last year, and I still think it will be not much change on defense. There um, was a little, but, but not not, not a significant. Lot. I no. mean, Brandon Michael Brockers will help with the run game run game a little bit. They have some good young players, but not guys that are going to step into immediate impact it's, roles. It's like it's really going to be an issue to see if Okuda steps. Up. Yeah, well, and even mm-hmm. if he does, they still don't have too no, much other they help don't, in the secondary. That, they don't have and, depth. Amani no. Rudier is the most veteran player in the yeah, D back and room. He, and he's twenty four, yeah. and he was playing what maybe half the snaps a game last right. year, if that. Exactly. You know, so. And then offensively, you know, one of the best lines in the league. And that's not something you usually say for a team that is expected to be well, not very good. Well, and then you have the rumors that they're talking about trading Decker away to put Swinnell over on his starting Which, Kazat. you know, still that the interior of that offensive line is really, really good. Yes, the and center and the guards, them. yes. I, mm-hmm. think, I think the presence of Jamal Williams will provide more of a consistency to their backfield without Swift just running straight ahead all the time because Williams is more of like a scat, change of pace, yep. receiving mm-hmm. type back where right. William, uh, Swift is and kind I of think a bruiser. Gonna, you're going to see a lot more of the running back issues yeah. because outside... Well, they're going to have to. They TJ don't have, Hawkinson? Yeah, who are they going to throw to? Name their number one receiver. Quintez Cephas. Yeah, Amon's, Amon Ross, and you know Brown. how you know, short they are. They're will, not number one receivers. Yeah. I would be willing to bet if there was one player that I would put at the number wide receiver one spot for Detroit as far as projection wise. DJ I, Hawkinson has I, to be. It has to be. Yeah, DJ it has to be. And he's not and even he's a receiver. receiver. He's a tight end. No, it, but 
the would, issue is I would, too though. No, is, well, I'm I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. The go issue ahead. is too though is they're he- getting killed with the injury bug right now. No, I agree. Yeah, because Hawkinson's already struggling with a shoulder issue. But he's he's been known to play through injuries in his entire right. Career. Like right. I don't. He's but one I'm, of those guys where if you have him on your fantasy team, it's like Julio Jones. You know he's going to be questionable all week, and, and you're not going to worry gonna about play. it because yeah. you know he's going to play exactly. exactly. And then you got Swift, who's dealing with Swift. Issues. That's a little bit different of a story. Dan Campbell's been. But Dan Campbell, I think, is going to be that coach that's not going to come out and say, yeah, he's not going to play or this or that. Right, he's going to be the... He went from saying, DeAndre Swift, we're taking it slow so he can be ready week one, to saying... I don't know if he's going to be conditioned well enough to yeah. play week one in, and the I, spo- in the space of like a week. And usually when a coach says that, that means that there's either a setback or the player is not yeah. taking rehab seriously or something's going on there. So it'll be it'll be definitely interesting. I definitely do love the presence of Jamal Williams. Yeah, do you, absolutely. Do you guys think he's going to be used as sort of a receiver? Like, do you think they'll line him up in like an Alvin Kamara type of role when Latavius Murray's in the backfield, put him in the slot? While Swift is running, or is it going to be if Swift is out there, Williams will be sidelined? I think, I think he will be on the field. I think regardless. it's viable. Yeah, I think he'll be on the field regardless. Simply because they don't have anyone to throw to. No. So as, if you have a guy that can catch footballs, he almost has to be out there. Because I mean, team, right? Tyrell Williams is not known for a short ball. No. And nope. Jared Goff is not going to hit that many deep balls, and that's all Tyrell Williams is. I mean, this is this offense to me looks like the definition of a West Coast team. It's either home run or nothing. Like they're either going to be hitting bombs all game long, and their receivers are going to be cooking the corners, or they're going to be Jared Goff is going to be five for twenty for ten yards. And the weirdest thing is, is we're like the normally we're known for getting in the red zone. Detroit is and kicking a field goal. <laughs> we don't <laughs> yeah. have a kicker right now. We cut yeah. both of them in the preseason. No, we did. We did sign one. Did we I'm sign Austin, one? Austin Saber. I oh, believe yep, that yep. is correct. Okay. Yep. Who he but was still, pretty who, good for the Browns. Yeah, I mean, for he was thirty-one bit. of thirty-eight last year. He was yeah. not bad. Yeah, he was he thirty-one was okay. of thirty-eight last he year. He played for the Browns last yeah, year or two, was it two years ago? It was with the Browns. Cleveland or Cincinnati? Can't remember one which yeah. either one. But you know, whatever. We are also that reminds me that we are also playing AFC North this year, not that's the right. East, yeah. and that's why it's worse. That's yeah. right. Way worse. And then yeah. we're also going to be playing because the every West. single one of those players on the any one of those teams on the North can make all the playoffs. Yeah, I, mean, I yeah. would be shocked I mean, if three of them aren't in the playoffs this year with the expansion. Yeah. Oh, it's, if three are not, okay, I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Like, was like Baltimore, yeah. Pittsburgh. Cincy and Cleveland. Cincy and Cleveland. I think the only one that doesn't make it is Cincy. Yeah. But the and, thing is, is like the Lions. If you're play, if you're going head to head with Cincinnati, I'm still gonna say that Cincinnati is probably favored in that. I game. would say no, they're favored too. I would agree just because of their offense. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and Cincinnati's defense, defense might surprise some people. I mean, yeah. Jesse Bates is a true star. William Jackson is a lockdown corner. He's developed a little bit. The front's still not great there, but you know they've got serious, serious guys, serious players in the secondary. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, if they played Jacksonville, I would even favor Jacksonville over them. Yeah. Ooh. I, if they play okay. Texas, not, I think Texas. I think Texans, Texans, yes. Texans Jacksonville. Texans. Those are two teams that I would probably say the Lions should be favored. Those are the only two. I wouldn't. Only eh, two. Jets. Yeah, I would. I would say I'd the favor Jets. Too. Je- I unless, favor lines unless over Jets. Unless Zach Wilson comes out and just Goes burns crazy. everybody, because True. yeah, I mean, the yeah, Jets are still bottom of the league. Interesting. I could. So I'm looking at the schedule. I could probably make it. They're not saying fully agree with, but make an argument for four teams we'd be favored. One of them is Cincy. One of them could be Philly because Philly. Yeah, I, yeah, I would see Philly. that just because they don't have a very liable offense. They exactly. have the same kind of issue that we do. Yeah, they have Miles Sanders and tight ends. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And then I could say Denver, who gets in the injury bug quite a bit, so they could be depleted. But obviously the Denver Nets. would be close. Yeah, and then Atlanta. Those are the only four yep. teams that you could make I would an argument I would for. Agree. The only one that favorite. I think would be a tough, the toughest conversation would be Denver. Yeah, I would agree. Which well, the only way I could see that is they get the injury bug again. They lose Gordon. Yeah. They lose some of their defensive pieces well, like Miller Gordon's and Chubb. Not at all what he used to be. So right, exactly. I but they I still would have Javante. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I would still say that we team. Have that team backs. last year lost Sutton. Um, Gordon eventually for a part of it. Um, Lindsey was gone for part of it. Miller was out the Miller whole season. Miller was out. Well, they lost Lindsey altogether. Um, Chubb was out, Chubb I believe, was for a little bit. Chubb missed a lot so, of time. So, I mean, and if they, they lose Justin Simmons for injury, hopefully that's not the case, but theoretically there. Like, outside of those guys, the Denver roster looks a little bit more vulnerable than yeah. they I'm would still, be. On all those on teams paper. that we're talking about, I'm still only taking a handful of guys in fantasy, though. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Well, I mean... 
talking about defense, Denver's defense looks like they could legitimately be back to the no-fly zone very, I would, very soon. I would you agree. got Justin Simmons, Pat Sertain looks like a budding star. Um, you got you got some guys in that secondary that can really play. Plus, they've got, got a solid front as yeah, well. Yeah, you got Von Miller and Bradley Chubb Bradley still Chubb, up there. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I think I think Denver's going to be one of those teams that kind of makes a big leap from like a like a Bills type of thing. When yeah. Josh Allen was a rookie, they made a slight step in their second season and then a big step their third season. I feel like this is sort of their I think they inaugural. Still no, I'm saying like this is their <laughs> inaugural Josh Allen season and then give it two more years and your they're face, a playoff team. Your face when he said that was I needed a picture. Hey, that's a hot take. That's no, a hot no, take. You, no, 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 that's a great hot take. I mean, take. it's a great I, hot take. I just, I just wish I would have got the photo. I think they're a year, but I think they're one more year away. No, I'm saying this is like their Josh Allen rookie season. So give them two years from this year, oh, and they're okay, a playoff okay, team, okay, like yes, the Bills okay, are now. Okay, I got no, you. No, yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. What he's saying is fair. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like I, I could see another repeat this season of what happened last season, sort of a mid to bottom they tier have to team. Fix that quarterback then, and running back issue, but give them two years, and I think this is a team that will be in the playoffs. Javon, for sure. Javante could be the answer. Yeah, Javante I mean, Williams is... He's well, going to surprise people. need to stop giving the ball to Melvin Gordon because Melvin I think Gordon... They, I, I think they will. 100% agree. I think he they will. They I think should. the only reason they had to use him so much last year is because they had to. They didn't have anybody else to give the ball yeah, to. Exactly. It was him or Lindsey, and Lindsey missed a lot of time last season. Yes. And even when he was healthy, he wasn't... Or when he was active, well, he wasn't now think, no, about, yeah, yeah. think about what the Texans are going to do now because they have Lindsey... They have Mark Ingram, Mark Ingram and, and David Johnson. <laughs> that might be the worst running back committee I could put on paper right yeah. now. But those uh, are their best if, players if outside Deshaun Watson. If you have yet to draft a fantasy football team, please, please, please do us all a favor and do not draft a Texans player not no. named Brandon Cooks. Please. No. Brandon Cooks would be your That's only That's the only one you option. can make an argument that I is would a viable say pick. Because Brandon did this in our league. Drafting Deshaun Watson, hoping he's going to get traded, is kind of an intelligent decision but at the same time even if he's allowed to play this season he's gonna miss games he's gonna get yeah. suspended no, yeah. or something you can't draft him as a quarterback that you're gonna play i mean you could draft you could take a late round, late round flyer on him but then like you're the holding a bench bit, spot yeah, for a guy that may or may not play at all a better bench yeah because i'm like the my whole mindset with that is like obviously it's the last round you want to have fun with your last yeah. pick but right? you also have three quarterbacks but, including him Right, yeah. I mean, I have, uh, I believe, if I remember, I have Allen and I have Lawrence, I believe, mm-hmm. as my yep. two QBs. And I took Watson just because, like, I didn't like anybody there on the waiver wire, or not that would be on the waiver wire as far as those last three picks still on the board, which wouldn't be available in waiver wire later. But if you hold, I mean, hold on to him, obviously, you can have that drive capital in the case that everything changes and something crazy happens with the FBI investigation or whatever. But obviously, yeah, the, 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 the outlook that we're probably going to see is he's going to be out probably half the season before any of this even gets resolved or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But then I do, you can simply dump him for somebody that's going to be a fill in injury guy. Cause I mean, I mean, it's only week one. So a lot, there's going to be a lot of next week where the waiver wire is, Oh, so this guy can play. Let's go pick him up. Like, exactly. You're going to see a Terrence Marshall. You're going to see Elijah Moore. You're going to see maybe a veteran that's on a new team step up and be, oh, okay, you still got it in your tank. Let's grab you for this season, and we'll throw you in a bench spot. Yeah, like I would say like one situation I could see is like the Jets, like Tevin Coleman, injury-prone for the last five years, and then after him it's going to be Michael Perrine. You're gonna, you're Ty gonna, Johnson, Ty Johnson, Michael Carter, which Michael Carter. One of the, know. Like one of those guys could turn out to be the bell cow. Ty Johnson had a great preseason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ty Johnson did. had a great so, preseason. and he's gonna be a, he's not a guy that's gonna be drafted in a lot of standard twelve team leagues. And, and he's disclosure, no. we all know that Ty Johnson because uh, he used to play in Detroit. Yep. <laughs> and, yeah. Exactly. Oh, those are back in the Theo Riddick days, right? Oh, Theo yeah. Riddick. Is he still in the league? No, I don't know. I don't know. So. I remember he got signed by the Raiders. I don't yeah, even know I if he ever he's played. I think anymore. I don't think he's in tonight. That Raiders backfield will be interesting. I have drafted Josh Jacobs in every league solely because Mark Gruden said he wants to ground and pound the ball. But, but then they grabbed Kenyon Drake in a trade over the offseason. But the thing is, <sighs> Josh Gruden, Jacobs, John not, Gruden has always ran the ball that much and Josh yes. Jacobs has only played for John Gruden and in games when Jacobs does not get 20 touches he only averages like 10 fantasy points a game yep. yeah because he just doesn't catch footballs and truthfully 
He's not an efficient rusher. He's, like, he's no. a guy well, that needs 20 to 25 carries yeah. to even come close to and getting 100 yards. he's a true north-south runner, yeah. though. Yeah. I mean, you don't say that a lot about running backs in the league nowadays because you see them bobbing. We, like Christian McCaffrey, he'll go north and south for maybe two or three yards, and then he'll bob and weave and yeah. pull it out to the edge, Josh and he's Jacobs, gone. Josh Jacobs is very much Derrick Henry-esque. Minus like sixty pounds, minus and six elusive, inches, minus more elusive. Yeah, though. so brute strength. So Derrick Henry's a lot more elusive than yeah, Jacobs, plus, and the acceleration. Plus, factor. the Raiders lost four starters on their offensive line. I I don't know. I just I love Josh Jacobs as a player. Don't get me wrong. I love them coming in as a rookie. I had him on all my fantasy teams. I think that's his, the best season he's going to have for a long time. Was his Whoa, rookie year? Wow. Yeah. Oh no, that, that's totally fair. I mean, I think the. I mean, the Kenyon Drake signing was okay. I mean, I think that's just to give him another pass catcher because they lost Tyrell Williams. Outside of that, they have Brandon Edwards and Henry Ruggs. Brian Edwards, yeah. That's it. No, I I was just about to say that exact same thing. I think that he's solely going to be used more in um, receiving receiving roles. I mean, I think you can kind of compare it a little bit to like what the Patriots did, like a Sony Michelle James White scenario, but I wouldn't say to that full extent. Cause I would say they're almost arguably going to use him the same way they used him in Arizona, just with a lot less rushing upside. Right. I well, the thing that. is, Arizona used Kenyon Drake as the rusher because Chase Edmonds was there as the receiver. So if he is flipping roles to go to um, the Raiders and he's going to pull off the Chase Edmonds role to Josh Jacobs' Kenyon Drake role from Arizona, then mm-hmm. I guess that makes sense. But I just... I just worry that this offense is going to be really good with the Raiders like they were last year. Not not like they're going to score 30 points a game really good, but really efficient, move the ball well, long, sustained drives, and Jacobs just isn't going to get 20 carries a game that he needs. I don't he think needs. he does, but I think what, what you're going to see is they're going to throw. I think they're going to, I think they're going to throw a little bit more to get to that red zone, and then I think it's going to be north-south running five yards. Yeah, getting it the could end be. Zone. Very well could be. I mean, Gruden is a mastermind, so you know he doesn't need the star players to put together solid teams. We saw that last year with the Raiders beating the Chiefs twice and nearly making the playoffs. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it'll be an interesting one for sure. I find myself usually staying away from Josh Jacobs and certainly Kenyon Drake because I just don't trust that backfield. But, I've never mm-hmm. trusted Kenyon Drake. I've never no, liked Kenyon Drake. No, me neither. Mm-hmm. Not no. in fantasy. I would. I am very interested to see how Chase Edmonds does because I think he's he's That'll been a guy be that everybody was like. He's now kind of he was kind of in the Aaron Jones scenario, like just free Chase Edmonds. Yeah. Let him play yep. all yep. the snaps. Yep. Let him take yep. all the carries. Well, Let him get, get all James the catches. Connor, who's an injury plagued bug. Running. Yeah. So here's my thing with Chase Edmonds. I think if he was not going in standard team, standard twelve team leagues in like the fourth or fifth round. He would be my biggest sleeper, hands down. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if a guy going that early can necessarily be considered that much of a sleeper, just think, because they're projecting him to be an RB two well, anyways, or right. high and flex too, at least. Yeah. Kyler Murray, who's got young yeah, legs, yeah, and yep. a lot of those rushing quarterbacks, they don't necessarily get the greatest running backs in the world because they know their quarterback can go get the first down right, if he needs right. to. Mm-hmm. And you know, with and that whole with Murray changed. Hopkins, if Connor's healthy, you know he's obviously going to be the primary AJ ball Green carrier. Is there now? Yeah, I forgot Green's there now too. But if James Connor's healthy, obviously he's going to be the primary ball carrier. At least that's what it should project to be: goal line yard, goal line short yardage type of if carries. Fitz, if Fitz, if Fitzpatrick, Fitz Magic did not retire, I would argue that that was one of the top five trios of receivers. What? Oh, Larry Fitzgerald. Yes. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I thought you were talking about Fitzpatrick. No. Yeah, Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. That's why I stuttered myself. <laughs> he said earlier. Fitzpat. Oh wait, oh no, no, we know. <laughs> but we know, no, we know Fitzpatrick going to Washington's not a bad fit though no, either. That uh, that's gonna be absolutely love it. Ryan Fitzpatrick was quietly like top three, I believe, in deep completion percentage yes. last year, and, and he's scary got Terry. he's got Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, both guys that run sub four four forties. Logan Thomas, Antonio Gibson. This is. This is going to be his most talented team in a long, long time. You want to talk about Antonio Gibson and fantasy, Brandon? (laughs) No, (laughs) I don't. I don't. Did you steal him from Brandon or something, Austin? What? No, there was a questionable trade in our league. You got Austin stole Austin Antonio Gibson for less than probably would have been optimal. We'll just leave it at that because I'd like to. I'd like to protect the identity of the man that made the trade. That's a valid. That's a valid statement. Even though you just said his name out loud, possibly (laughs) off the microphone, but that's okay. Um, yeah, there was a a pretty, in my eyes, it was cheese trade. Not an yeah. It was in my defense. I. What defense? In my defense. <laughs> you don't need a <laughs> I don't need a defense. You would have anybody on planet Earth would have pulled the trigger on that offer. That's a valid statement. So 
Let's yeah. just let's just say AJ and um, Sanders were involved in this trade, mm. and not nice. the Sanders you're thinking of. Brendan Sanders? No. Dang, Emmanuel Sanders? that would have been a great trade. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Emmanuel Sanders was who I was thinking of. Okay. No. Okay. I thought that you was... were thinking like Miles Sanders no. or something. Miles Sanders? No. I think Brendan Sanders is superior Sanders. Yes. All right. I, I think would agree. Give, that guy, give that guy thirty touches. See what he can do. <laughs> yeah. With that, uh, like seven five speed. Yeah. yeah. You break Kamara's touchdown record. Yeah. Seven TDs. I think. Uh, I think we've rambled on enough about fantasy football, but I do want to get your guys' opinion on one thing. What do you think about the Saints this year? Just because you guys' teams is the Lions, my team's the Saints, so I want to see what you guys think oh, about yeah, Saints fair. this year. And then Would I'll give you, like you my input. I want to see what your no. completely unbiased opinion on the Saints are before I pitch mine. My completely unbiased opinion on the Saints are that I think they made the correct decision at quarterback. I think Jameis Winston is above Taysom Hill, and you're going to be able to see a lot more of Taysom Hill in that role that he was in when they had Drew Brees, mm-hmm. being a receiver, being a tight end, being a running back type the role scenario. he's most comfortable the, with. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I get he's not happy not being the starting quarterback, but at the end of the day, you got to do what's best for the team. And right. Jameis Winston is the better arm, the better thrower, and more accurate. I think we all learned that last year when Drew Brees got hurt. Mm-hmm. And I will say Marquez Callaway. That kid's going to be good, especially if Michael Thomas misses time. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to really lose a lot on that receiving core because they have Callaway. But at the same time, Callaway's been doing this against like third string, right. second string right. in preseason. It'll be very interesting to see what he does against first string defenses. And then, I mean, you guys have Kamara, arguably the top three running back in the league. I mean, I just, my biggest fear is that if that's your only weapon outside, because I don't know really any of your other receivers. Right now, it looks like Callaway and Traquan Smith are the yeah, top yep. two. And outside of them, if I'm a defensive coordinator, I'm only really threatened by Kamara. Mm-hmm. I'm not threatened by the other two, to be honest with you. And your defense took a huge step back last year. And I think they will, like, not again, but I think they will be kind of the same as what they were last year. So I I don't think you're a playoff team. I think you're kind of rebuilding and trying to stay away from the rebuild. But I think you'll be right in the middle of the pack at, like, 500, maybe just above it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I would say when I think we say rebuild as kind of like a – a really drastic statement often be just because like when you think of the first thing rebuild tear it all down but really in this situation that Which for is the what same Detroit's doing. <laughs> yeah that's what we did that straight up the definition of what we did and i mean hey that's kind of what needed to be done at this oh, point absolutely. with everything going on that's what needed to be done but with the saints you have so many you have you still have all of those pieces still there and i think that that's important but yeah i think the biggest thing i really like the idea of keeping um I, w- I really like the idea of keeping Taysom in that role that he flourishes with because really, I mean, he's not necessarily the guy that's going to go out and torture you with his arm. And I think keeping him in a role, because I mean, if you put him in that primary quarterback one role where he's going to have all those touches, I think over time you might see some 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 possibility of like what happened to Cam. Because I mean, over time... That's having that aggressive style as a quarterback is going to can, can lead you to bad things. And I mean, this is it's really kind of the difference between what we saw with Cam Newton and Russell Wilson. Cam Newton with 20 rushes a game, and then eventually four years down the road, he, he's barely on the field for most of the season just because of all the injury concerns. Where Russell Wilson was more of, hey, we got to dial it back, be smarter, and then understand his role a little bit more as more of a facilitator that would run second. Now, if you have Taysom Hill in that QB2 role, I think that naturally fits that scheme more because I think using him as a weapon of of just making everything a little bit more complicated as far as reading in the film room I think is I think is a huge asset because a lot of teams haven't been able to do that, and I mean just because like what team what other teams are we talking about in the NFL that like we're worried about two quarterbacks 
on the roster. Like almost none outside of outside of you guys. So, but I think the the weapons obviously are are going to be a big part. I think that I think Callaway is going to be. I'm really interested to see what like Deontay Harris and Traquan Smith do, especially in the absence possibly of Michael Thomas. Like I mean, really, the, I think the the biggest thing that would kind of sway me is what what that's what that situation is going to entail because I mean. Having Michael Thomas as your QB one, and then having the rest of these guys receiver to receiver three changes the ball game. But in in that scenario, if he's not there, it's a little bit on the lighter side. But right, I, and they've already announced he's going to miss the first several games with that. Yeah, injury. he's on the pup list right now. So the, yes, the, and the other interesting is is when he does get healthy, is that's what keeping trade talks away, or is that just kind of mitigating like people don't want to trade him because of the drama, like another Antonio Brown issue, or I just I don't know. I don't think they're going to trade Michael Thomas. They signed him to that massive contract two seasons ago. It just, so it I just, just I don't see Thomas being a trade piece. It's just an interesting scenario because like we get he's not happy. Drew Brees is gone. He doesn't really have a quarterback, true talent quarterback like he had. He doesn't really he hasn't really worked with Jameis Winston. I mean, mm-hmm. like how does he know it's not going to be a good role? And so it's just it's interesting to see like. I get that a lot of these guys are kind of being selfish and stubborn. Like I want to go get my ring and have a big contract at the same time, but that's both of them can't go. I mean, someone's got to take a pay cut eventually. Like look at Tampa. Like they had to take pay cuts. I mean, to keep all 22 starters. Yes. Yeah. You have to. So here's my thing with the saints. Do I think the saints are going to be a super bowl team? Absolutely not. Do I think they're going to be a playoff team? Mm borderline i don't know honestly in the bubble in the hunt in the bubble. Yes, definitely in the, in the hunt they're I not gonna be that. they're not gonna be a lock for the afc south champion i don't think this year like they have been for the past couple years but second, when you though. look at this team yes easily second when you look at this team defense completely intact from what it was a year ago mi- minus some some role players i think sheldon rankins is gone maybe but he was hurt all of last year um and um, oh what was his name linebacker anzalone alex yeah, anzalone we, yeah. we stole you he we was stole stole from he you. was he <laughs> was a pure he was a pure base package player he did not play in the nickel at all no but um, i think we stole their defensive coordinator too though aaron glenn yeah we did so defense well, no, 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 no. he was a he was db coach yeah turn yeah. to defense coordinator with us yes continue defense still completely intact uh, you got your star power. You got Marshawn Lattimore, Demario Davis, Cam Jordan, Marcus Williams, uh, Von Bell, guys that can really play football. Offensively, the line is still intact. For now. For now. But still intact. Mm-hmm. Um, you got Kamara and Latavius Murray still. Like you said, Kamara, top three back in the league. The only receiver you lost is Michael Thomas. But last year, Michael Thomas played like four games. Mm-hmm. So you're operating with the same receiving core that you ran all of last year, and you're getting, in my opinion, a quarterback upgrade from Drew Brees because last year Drew Brees had a statistically horrible season. He was, I think, that was also really bad. A big injury issue, though. Too. It, I mean, it could have been. Yeah. But regardless, and he that was definitely his decline. Don't don't get me wrong. Drew Brees is my favorite NFL player to ever walk the face of the earth. But last year was terrible for him. Watch the game against Tampa in the playoffs, please, mm-hmm. and tell me I'm wrong. No, you're not wrong. No. Anyways, look at the receivers that they have. Traquan Smith, Deontay Harris, Marquez Callaway, all guys that can fly. Yep. And what does Jameis Winston love to do? Throw the ball deep. Yeah. So I'm not saying that Jameis Winston is going to have some incredible season. I'm not saying the Saints are a playoff team. Like I said, I think they're on the bubble. But I'm just saying they really didn't lose as much as people think they did. Oh, no, I could agree. The one thing I would say with the... I I agree. That's what I really love about the receiving core is the speed because, Mm -hmm. I mean, you guys can fly all over the field. But they don't don't have a guy that's like a big-bodied possession-type guy. Exactly. That's That's the thing where... Because Jameis is a guy that will... He'll let it rip. I mean, obviously, a guy with 30 interceptions... He's yeah, gonna, not he's, afraid to let the ball gonna fly. He's going to fling it sure. whenever he wants to. But in, in that situation with Tampa, it's 50-50 balls. But Chris Godwin and Mike Evans yep. is different than Traquan Smith and Deontay exactly. Harris. Because exactly. if you got physical corners, you're either, you got to either beat them off the line because 50-50 ball might turn into 70-30 just based off of size. Yep. And that that is the one thing that I... And talent. Talent mm-hmm. alone. I mean, these guys are not... These guys are not a strong receiving core right now. Oh no, yeah, no. it's still up and coming. I but, mean, you got you still have some. I mean, the the capabilities of the speed brings out so many different packages that you can throw. And I mean, just the fact that you can get Jameis in a situation where he's not throwing the ball fifteen times 
over 30 yards down the field like sometimes he right. did in Tampa. Right. Like, that's a big difference. And, I th- I mean, th- just the fact that he's going to have a different system I think is going to help. But I think Troutman's going to be – he's going to be a pretty cool, yeah, no, I cool think, guy to watch I mean, as well. the loss of Jared Cook definitely hurts, but Cook is getting older. Yes. And Troutman, you know, he might need a couple seasons, but I think he's going to be a pretty good tight end. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I said, Saints definitely not a Super Bowl contender like they were each of the last two years. Not really a dominant playoff. Like if you if you face the Saints first round of the playoffs, I'd feel pretty good about your chances. You know what I mean? Right. But when you look at this roster, I really don't think that the Saints lost as much as people think they did. And I think there's still a two to three year gap for them to to be in the Super Bowl hunt again. So then now that we've brought up the Super Bowl, I have to ask this question before we end it. Who is it going to be? And we'll just leave it at that, and we can walk away. Does it have to be different? No, or can it can, be we can all be we can all have a consensus. Okay, so you can start if that's what you want to do. All right, um, I'm gonna go Eagles, Chargers. What is wrong? With you? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Eagles probably are gonna make so, the playoffs. It's so hard to not pick Kansas City, Tampa Bay. Like it's it's seriously. Super hard not to, at least in my mind. I mean, Tampa Bay's bringing everybody back with Tom and Kansas City. It just seems like they're all a tier above everybody else. I, you yeah. can make an argument for Buffalo. I would love to see Buffalo in the Super Bowl. I think that team definitely has a good, good chance. And, I mean, in the NFC, we've just... There's no are, threat to Tampa. How are, they gonna res- how are these other teams going to respond? Because, I mean, we can throw... We're going to we'll throw the usual ones out there. Green Bay, Seattle... I mean, you can definitely put the Rams in there now, but how, are those teams going to be calibered enough to where they're going to beat Tom Brady? Are they enough to get over that hump of all of Tampa's weapons? Because you don't only got to beat Tom Brady on Tampa. You got to beat Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, and then all of their defense. Mm-hmm. And that defense is talented and young. Mm-hmm. I just it's, it's hard for me not to go there. So my Super Bowl pick, Tennessee Seattle. That's bold. Okay, I That's think bold. in the AFC, I think the three powerhouses are pretty clearly Buffalo, Kansas City, Tennessee. And I think if I don't, honestly, Kansas City is the best team there for sure, and they'll probably make the Super Bowl. But I think if there's one way you beat Kansas City, and the same thing goes for Buffalo because they throw so much, is you keep them off the field. And the best team equipped to do that is Tennessee with Derrick Henry. Yep. So I'm just going to say Tennessee, and then uh, we'll go Seattle. Why not? I think Tennessee is a sneaky pick. I, I re- actually really like that pick just because I think a lot of people are really kind of underestimating how they moved in the offseason. They, they've been very sneakily good in this offseason, mm-hmm. and they've kept very pretty good. much... have. Who did they? Who did they lose? They lost Corey Malcolm Davis. Butler from their defense. Corey Davis, but not a Butler big wasn't really. He replaced Corey Davis with, with Julio, Julio Jones. Jones. Yeah, that's upgrade. A, up, massive upgrade. Yeah. regardless of injury. And then yep. who did you say? Malcolm Butler, Malcolm Butler. lost on defense, but okay. he was playing almost exclusively. And I think in the they yeah. lost Clowney as well, but Clowney, Clowney didn't, didn't play very, play very good. No, for Clowney much, wasn't. Anyways. See, like those are big names, but they weren't necessarily big products on the field. Where they they've had those. Like I mean, when you talk about the staples of that defense. It's not those two guys aren't the first guys no, you're no, going to talk not about. At all. So, I no, I think that's I think that's a great pick. I I would personally say that I think they can definitely make that potential. Just the fact of how they could res, they they'll respond as far as against a team like Kansas City or Buffalo, where you potentially have to try to outrun them on the score sheet. Yeah, is if, where no, if I they see get a into a shootout, problem, but I think that's a great pick. If still. they get into a shootout, it would definitely be interesting. But yeah. I think if if you're going to beat one of those two teams in the playoffs, you have to keep them off the field, and Tennessee's the best equipped to do that. I don't really know why I'm choosing Seattle, honestly. I just have a feeling that why not? with a new offensive coordinator, you still have Pete Carroll, you still have the same team. I expect a better defense this year. And Russ can cook. Russ can cook. Russ can I've cook. got him in every so, fantasy league, and that's that's my boy in fantasy. Yeah. All right, Austin, Tampa Bay versus who? <sighs> why do you just automatically think I'm going to say Tampa Bay? Because you're Tampa Bay. Why do you think I'm just going to say Tampa Bay? We already know you want Tampa what Bay. What if I was going to say Green Bay and Buffalo? Then then say Green Bay and Buffalo. I will not say Green Bay <laughs> and Buffalo. <laughs> Tampa Bay Buffalo. Told you. But I do think it'll be any combination of Tampa and Seattle that's going to come down to one of those two. Wait. Oh. Wait, 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 wait. NFC Championship? Yeah. Okay. I think it's going to come down to one of those two okay. in the NFC, and it's going to come down to arguably, I'm going to say Kansas City 
takes a step back, and I'm going to say Buffalo or Tennessee. Wow. It's going to okay. be a combination of one of them. Yeah, I think And I only say I Kansas City takes a step back because I just have a bad feeling that their run game is not going to be there at all, and their defenses are going to buy in to protecting the pass, and Patrick Mahomes is not really going to, the one to beat you with his leg. He's going to beat you with his arm. Mm-hmm. I mean, the kid can run around and then put the ball in his left hand and shot put it down the field to get a first down. So, I don't know. I think I think Tennessee, like you said, Brody, is going to take a big leap. I really do. And I just think Buffalo, it's it's their time. I think Buffalo's right there. And mm-hmm. Defense, yes, offense, all the way around. Yeah, I think that's. I think, that's I think Buffalo's biggest weakness is kind of going to be same to Kansas City because they they're very similar in the aspects. Buffalo's run game is pretty weak outside Josh Allen because mm-hmm. your running back is Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. Yep. Yeah, that I I don't I just want I want Buffalo to do something different. Like, could you just imagine Buffalo with uh, just go sign Todd Gurley at this point? Mm-hmm. Gurley doesn't really fit their scheme very well though, because no. Gurley is a very no, much but between it would still the tackle be more of, and... it would still be more of a threat for defenses to go. Okay, you don't have Zach Moss, you don't have I have to look at Todd Gurley a little bit better. Yeah, than... but I mean Gurley's not Todd Gurley from three years ago, absolutely. But yes. Todd Gurley now, nah, I don't know. I just okay. I think they still need give, an upgrade. Give Buffalo Camara. Yeah, now what are you automatic talking? super good. Yeah, now you're, automatic that's, that's now what you're saying. Super Bowl contender. Automatic. That's what we're Cook, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon, Zeke, Camara, any, even any, of those any guys. even any tier two guy puts yeah, them Aaron in a conversation. Jones, I would, give, I would Chris give, yeah, Carson. Chris yeah, I would even give yeah. him DeAndre Swift, and yeah. it would go on the conversation. Yeah. yeah, I would. I could agree with that. Same thing with Kansas City, really. I mean, yeah. you, you put like it's you put a guy like McCaffrey or Kamara on a team with Pat Mahomes, a team that's already a Super Bowl favorite. Yeah. And I think that's why it didn't work out with Le'Veon Bell whatsoever because, A, Le'Veon Bell's on his decline. He's getting washed up, and he he only cares about his touches and money. Yeah. Like, and I'm sorry, but if you're going to one of those teams, like, you need to understand, like, everybody in Tampa understands, we're not going to get the touches we all want. Everybody understands that, and that's why I think it flows so well Mm -hmm. because they're all like, okay, well, Godwin could have the career game of his life, and not do it the next next two weeks because it's now Mike Evans' turn or it's Ronald Jones's turn or it's Leonard Fournette's turn or it's Gronk's turn or OJ Howard. Like they have so many names, but it's just like they all come to a consensus to understand we're all not getting our touches and it's gonna be a committee. That's all it is. Play your role. It always comes back to Tampa. Play your role. Here's an idea. It always comes back to Tampa. <laughs> it's, it always, it's just, it's just it always such a, a good example. It is sorry. a good example. No, it, it is, is a good example. Because it's a well-balanced team. Yeah. There's not a weakness on that entire roster. And you roster. have great masterminds in Brady and Arenas. Arians. Arians. Whatever the hell Arias? his name is. Hey. Whatever his old name is. <laughs> Whatever his old name Here's an idea. Go go talk to Cleveland. Say, hey, what would you want for Kareem Hunt? Yeah. What Bring it, him back Kareem to Kansas Hunt, City. Kareem Hunt's like, yeah, I, I'd like, I'd like my old volume. Then Kansas City, go to Kansas City, go, go or to even Buffalo. Go to Buffalo. Now look at the, now look how that the offense changes. Yeah, because not only can he run, he can catch passes like no other. So, yep. whole different scene. I don't know. Maybe should I? Should I, I don't think I'm as high as on the Browns as everybody else is either. Eh, I, I, I'm not. I I'm be. not there yet. I can't no. be. OJ. OJ. OJ's got to prove something. I, did I say OJ? I'm so sorry. OBJ. Oh, <laughs> OJ. Oh, my goodness. Jarvis, I just don't think he's... Ogel. I don't Ogel think Beckham. he's there. I I think ever since he left Miami, he's kind of been on the decline. Just I don't mm-hmm. see him as the true wide receiver one with o, OBJ's gone. And he's not even right there for a wide receiver two. He's more of a three or flex option, especially in fantasy. And even the fact of they give the ball to their running backs 95% of the time. I mean, you ground and pound with Nick Chubb, he can take off, or you give the ball to Kareem Hunt and he's gone. Mm-hmm. And then you still got Austin Hooper in the red zone, so neither one of them, the two receivers there, are big, deep red zone guys. No. No, I would say for me to be on the... I do like what Cleveland did in the offseason on the defensive side of the ball. Oh, absolutely. I really do like what they did. I mean, even But I think they did that to keep them in games. Yes, I would agree with that. I think what makes me stop at the divisional or even comp, like conference championship maybe what makes me stop them there is 
really the lack of explosiveness yeah. on that team in general. They don't have a drive to continue. Like they stay in the lead, and then they keep putting onto the lead. They get in the lead and they kind of coast, and then they let you catch back up and beat them. Yeah, because I, I I think with Odell and Jarvis, like they're explosive players, but we haven't seen that same explosiveness like they did at LSU. Even exactly. I, I would say they were better in LSU than they have been in the NFL yeah, together. The most exp- I mean, when you have like this, I mean. This is here's the difference to me with Cleveland and Tennessee. You have you kind of have a similar situation. I mean, not not fully in the running back room. You have Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb. Both guys can break the long run easily. And then Cleveland has Kareem Hunt on on the side as well. But then when you go to the receivers, it's like, okay, or who are you gonna expect to change a game, especially on your half of the field, especially in late in, late in games? AJ Brown and Julio Jones or Odell and Jarvis. AJ and Julio all day. I mean, you have so much more possibilities that way. And mm-hmm. that and well, I mean, personally, I would trust Tan- I trust Tannehill more than Mayfield. And that's I, not a yeah, that's I not agree. a diss on Mayfield. It's just Tannehill has been incredible since he took exactly. over as Tennessee yeah. starter. He's he's efficient, he's consistent, and that's exactly what you want in a team that's aspiring to keep moving. In a team that focuses AKA primarily on their Tom run. Tom Brady yeah. two point no, I'm just gonna stop there. <laughs> All right, I think that is a good place to stop. We've been talking about fantasy for a long time, but this is our first episode back, so it was nice to to catch up a little bit and talk some sports like we all like to do. It is fun. Yeah, for always, sure. Always is. So this podcast will be a weekly thing released on I don't do we release these on Fridays as well? Yeah. Released on Friday, so if you need something to look forward to on your end of weekday festivities, you can look forward to this podcast. So thanks everybody for listening. I've been Brody Kaiser, Austin Arquette, Brandon Worth. And we will see you next time.